welcome to You Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is a one-with-one horror actual play podcast. I'm Blaine, your host and RPG-loving friend. For the front matter, if you like what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher you use. It really does help other people find us. If you'd like to suggest a game, be a guest, or just say hi, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at notalone underscore horror, or via email at youarenotalonepod at gmail.com. This week, we're continuing our game of Pick Me with Brian Sago. Last episode, we met Count 1234, an ancient wooden counting ring toy who has been waiting many years to finally be sent out as a gift, and the magnificent Fisto, a misprinted soldier toy who thinks he's a stage magician. The Count was approached by a dying sugar plum fairy who begged for help to free his kind from their servitude in the North Pole coal mines, while the magnificent Fisto was invited to a dinner party by Donner under the guise of performing a magic show. Eventually, the magnificent Fisto started to realize that something might be amiss with the invitation. Both toys are continuing on their way to the child's house, but sadly, the child will only have love in their heart for one of them. Let's find out who. I've been playing toys back and forth for so many years. They don't all make it to the child. Some of them... Some of them, uh, let's just say, some of them feed the pulsion system of the sleigh. They, they, uh, they give us a reason to want to fly through the night air. And you, you will propel the sleigh so quickly tonight. And then... My magic is quite powerful. And Donna looks over their shoulder and says... Paprika. Bring the paprika. And that sugar plum fairy with a broken wing picks up this, like, for them, shoulder-sized satchel of paprika and starts running towards you with this satchel bomb of spices to make you more delectable. Excellent. Uh, I I think that it has, at this point, uh, become obvious enough to the Magnificent Fisto that even in his naiveness, uh, he realizes that something bad is happening. Uh, I think he's going to try and use one of his features here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to use his rocket arm and try and use it as like, uh, as like a grappling hook. So I'm using his stretcho feature, which is what I'm kind of imagining the, uh, not all of him stretches, but his one arm stretches uh, when he fires his right. his fist. I think he's going to try to use that as like a grappling hook to like get up out of a window and kind of like find a place to hide. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to punch Donner in the nose for a brief moment. I don't think so. I think that, you know, again, the Magnificent Fisto, despite having uh, action and pugilism, um, I don't think he thinks of himself as a soldier. I think he just thinks of himself as a magician. All right. So heading out the nearest window. Um, I do think, though, that this would be considered action. Um, you know, it's kind of an action star move to try and, like, grapple up the building and get to a hiding place on the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's going to be a dark die because I'm using one of my features. 
also my body is uh very very much at, at risk here definitely uh do you have any devil's bargains my first one might not be good uh it's more abstract it's it's that you an escaping donor punch or glaze Donner's nose so that Donner has a red swollen nose and is mistaken for another more ego-driven ranger later. But I don't know how that plays out. Yeah, I do. I mean, I like that conceptually. Uh, Devil's bargain moments? I'm sorry, go on. The other thing that I had kind of that jumped to my mind first is that I have to leave my chest of magic tricks behind. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, oh, all right. Oh, wait, does that even make sense? Um, sorry, you're using your distortion to stretch your arm to grab the windowsill, yes? Yes. All right. That, that somehow, briefly, your Christmas magic works, and your arm accordions out as far as you want it to go. But then in reassembling, that arm is an actual accordion. So when you use that arm, henceforth it goes... <laughs> it makes noise anytime you use it. Uh, yeah, I love that. That's got to be the one. All right, let's see if these dice do me any better. That is a six light! Woohoo! Tell us how you escape the clutches of the Donner Party. I think that, uh, and you know, it is it is one hundred percent pure Christmas magic because there is no way that to spring arm on a two inch tall action figure could get them all the way up to like the windowsill of a house. Yeah. Um. But the, like, spring just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. Uh, and finally, like, his fist is able to grab onto the windowsill. And I think just, like, you hear, like, the long drone of an accordion as the spring collapses back on itself. And, like, at just rocket speed, uh, the Magnificent Fisto is pulled up to the windowsill and he kind of, like, scurry out of uh this building uh and get to a hiding spot as uh Donner and the others kind of rush out and try and find him. Fantastic. Uh I think for each of us add a hope to our character sheet. How are we filled with hope? Unless you have a different challenge in mind. No, I think that uh, I, I like where we ended this all right, so describe a hope you have recorded on your character sheet. Um, I think that after everything that just happened, um, and especially in light of uh, how terribly the the at least the real magic show he did went, uh, in his mind it may have gone better. But I think that moment where the spring did what it was supposed to do in a way that, like, even 
the Magnificent Fisto realizes it probably shouldn't have been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he is filled with hope that Christmas magic is real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that maybe his dream of being a magician uh, can be realized. So how is the count uh, count 1,234 uh, filled with hope? I think seeing all the uh, candlelit fires, the the elves at work with their little uh, oil lamps, the lanterns hanging on the sleigh, there's a sense that fire is out there. And that plastic melts a little faster than wood burns. And the Count has a hope that they can burn away these modern plastic aberrations in their frame and even if it means a little bit of wood char once again be a, a vintage toy worthy of the name of the my first counting rings tm <laughs> yeah. i love it shall we move to ring three or new no? yeah i think that we i think we have a uh, good foundation for these characters. Mm-hmm. Our flight departs at sundown, Candy Cane Concourse. What does the Candy Cane Concourse look like? Ooh. Well, what's written here is by the glow of the Aurora Borealis, snowflakes drift down gently, bells jingle softly in the distance, flying reindeer snort impatiently. Ground control elf gives the approval for departure, and you see the elves scramble towards the workshop, cracking open bottles of eggnog to celebrate one night without the big red man watching over them. For you, this is a nighttime sleigh ride. In an airborne sleigh, the lights from cities and towns flicker as puffs of breath from reindeer drift by. However, Santa takes an egocentric detour and stops by a shopping mall to compete in the Santa costume contest. I love it. Lots of challenges here. Yeah, let's see what looks good. I feel like I know what's good for for the Magnificent Fisto. Which one are you thinking? I'm thinking to challenge you with your toy. You don't have cash, but you could shoplift something that makes you more desirable. (laughs) I like that one. We can do more than one of these for sure. There's plenty to go. Yeah. I, have, I think I have a good idea for you. Uh, so uh, first I have a question, um, mm-hmm. which is how does count 1,234 like move around? Uh, it's sort of a rocking horse kind of like Wooden ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. Okay, perfect. Um, I just wanted to get a visual of that since it is not, uh, it doesn't have legs. Uh, right, no, uh, yeah, more of like an asymmetrical base that I can kind of rock left and right. Perfect. Um, I love it. Um, so I think that as you're ka-chunking 
around this mall, um, you know, we all get a little bit of a break from the sleigh ride as Santa uh, it engages his hubris. And I think that you see a giant television screen in this mall. And um, on it, there is a news report. And it talks about, um, I think it's talking about kind of like the toys that have made people go crazy over the last, you know, decade. Every year, there's that one toy that causes fist fights uh, in the mall as parents try to get the hot new thing uh, for their child. And it has been a lot of years since the counting rings have been the hot new thing. Uh, so what was, what was last year's most popular toy? And how do they revel in their fading glory? Oh, man. This is on the television advertisement we're seeing? Yeah, like on a news report, you can see yeah. them like going through, the newscasters like going through a store, and they're like, oh, and here is, you know, the toy that was hot five years ago, and we can see them on the screen, and you know, we know that they're... Yeah, all right. So um, we've reached the era of microchips, and uh, there's one of those talking calculators that is is in that sort of 8-bit voice being like, I can do a multiplication. 4 times 6 is 24. And, you know, the kids are, like, glowing-eyed, like, this is incredible. And uh, in the background, you see the parents so pleased their child is learning arithmetic, uh, like, advanced-level multiplication arithmetic. And then... That gets shouldered aside by the newest model, which does division. And oh my gosh, like the the kind of bit mapped voices are like, oh my god, it multiplies and divides. My child will make it into sixth grade so much sooner. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it's ignoring the importance of base level arithmetic. That if you if you, you know, it just, it just skipped past addition. It, it skipped past counting. Like you can't do multiplication or division if you can't count. It's true. Yeah, and it needs batteries too. I, I'll, I'll point that out as I wobble forward. Like, so chunk, <laughs> so chunk, so chunk. Did you see the battery pack? Did you see the battery pack? It needs a battery. I don't need a battery. And I'm sure it probably like needs five or six batteries. It's not just one or two. It's just so many batteries. Like one of those giant D cell batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could sec uh, secondary function is as a weapon. Uh, it's just so heavy. It's like a mag light. Yeah. Uh, what do I need a ruin roll for despondency as I'm being out outdated? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that necessarily requires a role. I, I, I mean, I'd leave that up to you. I think that, like, it certainly probably puts things into perspective for you of just how out of date you are, which I could see being a ruined role, but, like... Yeah. I roll the dice and my dice say one, which means that I, count 1,234, am not just undaunted, but I am invigorated by this crappy digital upstart uh i have a place in the world and it's it's impossible to replace me and ka-chunk ka-chunk 
chunka 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 rock forward. I love it. I claim my my space that the children will love and adore me and the parents will purchase me and uh, my lineage shall go on. That said, I can can see that I am a a toy under threat, meaning I have a ruin of 500 to reduce it. Yeah, yeah, you are in a dangerous place. So, to uh, want to try and reduce my ruin by somehow sabotaging the Magnificent Fisto. That's fair. So I lost my sight on the piece of paper. Where'd it go? Um, boom. My thought for the Magnificent Fisto, and my hope is to interrupt you with some kind of sabotage here, is uh, this. You are a toy. You don't have cash. But you could shoplift something that makes you a more desirable toy. And somewhere in there, hopefully, count 1,234 will mess with you a little bit. Fantastic. I love it. What do I see that could make me more desirable? Oh, you know what I think it is? Uh,. You know, we live in a time where, you know, like, you and I as people went through a period of time where things like Dungeons and Dragons, playing games and fantasy, were not cool. Um, But modern day, um, it has become, you know, a shockingly cool part of society. Uh, People, you know, love that shit. I think that what the Magnificent Fisto sees is a costume he could steal that is beyond a like stage magician like top hat and cape. I think it is like a wizard's hat and robe. Gotcha. The real thing, yeah. That like, why be a stage magician when you could be a wizard? Alright, what sort of store is it in? Uh I think it's probably in a toy store. Uh, I don't know. I know KB Toys no longer exists. Uh, I don't know what the replacement for that is, but, you know, I imagine there's some kind of toy store in the mall. Um, And it's probably hanging up like, you know, there's a whole section for dress up doll, like dress up toys. And so, like, it's in a section where you can buy, like, individual outfits for one of your toys. Um, And he sees it, like, up there hanging in a blister pack. Nice. Let me add a paint the scene here. That's not written into what you have. Um, down there in the Santa lookalike contest. How is Santa proving that they are the most Santa of all the Santas? That's a good question. I think that he is doing, he is like, not revealing that he is actually like the real honest to God Santa Claus, but using that as a way he's doing like one of those shitty psychic cold readings, <laughs> uh, where he is telling people like what toy they got at certain, like he's like in your mind, picture your six, the Christmas when you were six years old, picture the gift that you remember the most. Uh, and doing, like, a psychic cold reading thing. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he's Santa Claus. He knows what gift they got. 
the Christmas when they were six years old, but he's like making it look like uh, it's kind of a fake thing where he'll be like, I believe it started with a bee. I'm seeing a bee. Oh, was it a bicycle? Um, and just doing this cold reading that like is impressing everyone. Uh, Cause they're like, Oh, he's good at this psychic thing. Um, but you know, it's obviously cheating because he just knows. That's amazing. And it had a scuff mark on the right side, didn't it? <laughs> yes, there was a scratch. That was from Donner. Oh my god. <laughs> Santa doing cold readings is unbelievable. Um Alright, so you are after this blister pack real wizard's costume. Um in the KB Toys. Yeah, we'll just pretend that this is a magical world where KB Toys still exists. Uh, I'm sure it still exists somewhere. There's a blockbuster video out there somewhere. That's well. true. There is probably like the one last independently owned KB Toys. And it's in this mall. Yep. Um, oh, let me look at your... Uh, let me one second look at your skills here. Oh, alright. Here's your challenge. Um... There's another toy reaching for that same blister pack. And this toy is very clearly the level one D&D wizard starter class character pack. And and they've got the, the crappy wizard robes that don't even have the fancy trim. It's just got like two stars and one moon stitched into the embroidery. Um, probably stitched <laughs> by their mother. Who knows? Um, and, uh, their magic wand is probably just, like, a stick. Uh, but they're there, and their, their hands are on that blister pack. They're, they're about to rip it open. Uh, so I think that the Magnificent Fisto is going to pull out his own wand, uh, and point it at this wizard, and he'll, he'll be like, uh, I command you to turn to stone, wizard! Um, and I think he's using his his military training, uh, that ability to command other soldiers, but he's trying to pretend like it's a spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to get the wizard to, like, freeze up and give him enough time to get it instead. Good. Alright. Seems like a risk roll. You got the skill. Uh, devil's bargains. Mm. My first inclination is not good because it just means another fight. Um, but it's funny. It's uh, that he's not alone. That he's got the party. He's got the the warrior, the, <laughs> the elf. They're all with him, kind of thing. I do um, kind of love that, though. If you want, if you want a, an action sequence, then oh, maybe. Well, I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. We'll see how it plays out. But I do love the idea that there are. Uh, more more party members waiting in the wings that are going to have to try and figure a way to get by. Uh, the Magnificent Fisto might have to use his fist. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, I will definitely take that Devil's Bargain. Alright, two light dice then. Uh, I don't think I'm going to use a dark die yet. We'll see yeah. how this dice goes. Uh, 
I got a five. I think I'm gonna. Get, I'm okay with a mixed success. All right. Mm, what's the complication? Is that all right? I've got a complication that might be too strong, but there's a a child who sees how good you are at action and is now relentless, relentlessly pursuing you around the KB, screaming, Mommy, Mommy, I want that one. I like that. I think that will lead to some interesting uh, plot points. All right. So tell us how you overcome this upstart young wizard who, uh, wizard wannabe, I don't know. Yeah, so I think that I think kind of to the surprise of both of us, uh, it works. Not that like it's actual magic, but that I think that like the magnificent Histo's voice is just so loud and scary, and this is just a level one wizard. Uh, and so I think the wizard like freezes up almost like the command work. Uh, and I think maybe comically like, I don't think we're too high up, so, like, he falls off of the blister pack to the ground below. Uh, or no, maybe, he, so he lets go of the blister pack and starts to fall, uh, and the dwarf warrior, who is very slowly climbing up, uh, is able to get a hand out and grab him, so they're, like, trying to re remount one of the other blister packs. And as, uh, the magnificent Fisto pulls this one open and dons his wizard robe and hat. Nice. I'm picturing that, that dwarven warrior kind of like backslapping him like, don't worry, this wasn't our day. Shake it off. We'll be fine. There's another treasure out there for us somewhere. There are always other robes, friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I guess at that point, you know, a child sees that uh, and begins <laughs> to chase me through the store. Uh, this might be a good moment for uh, count 1,231st moment of sabotage. Ooh, yes. Um... Uh, uh, uh. um... Alright, a child screaming for a toy to a parent is, is nothing. Like, they can tune that out. Um, they've heard it a thousand times before. But... If a targeting reticle should roll across that parent's field of view and focus in on a particular toy, meaning a donut-shaped wooden counting ring would fling through that parent's field of view and focus in on the Magnificent Fisto, the parent might realize that the child's desire is worth pursuing. Um... And so I think the Magnificent Fisto is going to uh, use their skill and synchronization here to, uh, sorry, no, fidget, rather, to disorient myself to distract others, essentially flinging a donut ring across the parent's field of view to focus in upon you. Um, what's curious here, I'm, I'm aiming for a reduction roll, but I'm also kind of calling on my feature, which is a dark die. Um, does that matter? I don't think so. I think that, like, I often in trophy games, like, if you want to use the, like, use your features outside of combat, I usually let people 
as like a narrative thing, use rituals without forcing them to roll dark dice. Got it. So just kind of keeping in character, doing a reduction roll. All right. Here comes a die. Three. It is less than my current rune, and so my my little wooden ring goes flying across this parent's view. They they get a brief glimpse of that, like, Mommy, I want the magnificent Fisto. And uh realize, like, yes, this is the child for my or sorry, this is the toy for my child. Um they deserve this. And uh the little wooden ring just perfectly like hits uh, a sales rack and rebounds and rolls back up into the uh, sort of wooden articulature articulation of uh, count 1234 and like I reclaim that wooden ring chunk chunk I love it and there's like a like a gunslinger blowing the smoke off the barrel like a <laughs> blowing off the, the little wooden ring that did its job well done fantastic um, so yeah, so your ruin goes down, and I don't notice since it was less than your ruin. Yep. And now I have a parent set to. Yeah, maybe make it a condition. Uh, parent desires you for child, something, I don't know. For the, for not the child, for the wrong child. Yeah. Is that. Would, a condition, or do we want to just do like one more scene in this ring where I'm trying to escape the parent? Yeah, that's good. Go for it. Perfect. Um, let me see if I have something else from this list for count 1,234. Well, actually, I think I have a, a, a paint the scene question for you. Because uh, I like the idea of cutting back and forth between this and uh, the uh, Santa contest. What is, I think we're down to the last two Santas in the contest. Ooh. And it's the real Santa and like one really good Santa impersonator. Um, what is the thing about the impersonator that makes it so believable that he could be the real Santa Claus? God, your cold reading was would be perfect right now, but already played. Um, <laughs> all right, it's um, it's kind of a gruesome mix of uh, tobacco stain in the whiskers, uh, tobacco spittle on the otherwise perfectly polished boot black, <laughs> and. Uh, just a just the right hint of wood shavings. Like this Santa, at the very least, has spent some time carving wood themselves, or having others carve wood for them, and those little wood shavings got stuck on their freshly polished boots. Um, there's just sort of the right level of what's the word uh, overseer, like that, like not working class. Like I am watching other people do the labor that is emanating from their their tobacco stains, boot black, and wood shavings. I love it. 
trying to think if there's a good... I like the image of Count 1234 being engaged in a uh, parental tug-of-war, but I feel like that's too similar to what is happening to the Magnificent Fisto. Mm. I see what you're saying, but uh, Magnificent Fisto has essentially one parent after them. Having two parents struggling is different. Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that maybe as you're you're uh kachunking out of the store having just uh set a parent on uh mm. on the magnificent fisto, there are two parents who are looking for toys, and I think that like the camera pans up and we see that like all of the calculator toys have been bought. Mm-hmm. Uh and these two parents are desperate for just some kind of educational toy. And, like, at the same moment, they both look down and see Count 1,234. Uh, and I think, like, at the same time, they're like, oh, that's quaint. Uh, and they both go to try and grab uh, the Count, uh, one from the top of... Uh, your your ring pillar in one from your base. Yeah. Uh, what do you do to try and escape this fate of potentially being torn apart by desperate children or desperate parents? Let me let me twist these parents just a little bit. Uh, one exactly as you described, um, unable to purchase the latest digital counting toy. The other one saying, "Oh my God, that's the." Rare first edition, like actual <laughs> counting, my my first counting rings, TM. Um, that's worth money. Like they 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 have an eBay channel and and <laughs> they know my material value. Uh, they don't necessarily want me for their child. They just want to buy me and sell resell me elsewhere. I love that. Where another one is just like, I need a toy for my child, and there's still a lot of the good stuff. So I'll just take this. Perfect. Uh. Two right. people who want you and neither actually really want you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um I feel like this is a risk roll. Oh for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um I think I'm playing on synchronization again. The idea of like I'm not valuable if I don't have all the parts. And yet I know my own parts pretty well. And they're donut-shaped rings that spin around. And so I'm going to spin off ring number one, like, off the the donut hole shack. Um, and then I'm going to spin off another one across the, like, lingerie store with the idea of ricocheting them to reclaim them later. And then hopefully while they're trying to grab those reflung rings, I can escape out the middle and reclaim my rings later. I love it. Trying to synchronize, disassembling myself and reassembling myself. Perfect. Uh, your your twist on this gave me an, uh, an idea for a devil's bargain. Oh. Uh, which I think, like, no matter what this uh, the what, the the parent who wants you just because you're an early edition and valuable 
is going to put out a notice on the internet that you are seen in the wild. <laughs> uh, so even if you escape, uh, you will still potentially be hunted. Uh, not for your educational value, but just for your monetary value. Yeah, there's a resale bounty on my head. I like it. Uh, I'll definitely take that. That's amazing. Alright, two light dice. Uh, seems like my body's at risk here, too, so a dark die. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Alright, oh dear god. The six on the dark. Oh no. Well, your ruin was poor for a little while. Yep. Uh, but like that is a full success. Like, oh, where I come from. Four follows quickly with five. That's how it works in counting circles. It's true. Uh, that is how no numbers work. Uh, so what does your success look like? Oh, man. Oh, that's true. It's a clean success, technically, isn't it? Um, yeah. All right. I think it's this, is that uh, I ricocheted these rings off into the distance to distract the parents. I escaped their gauntlet. I'm reassembled. I'm whole. And as I'm lumbering, like waddling uh, back to the sleigh, um, one of the reindeer is like, "Is that is that uh, cinnamon sugar?" And I realize that one of my rings is replaced with a donut, an actual physical ah. donut from the donut cart. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, I would say that it's a condition, uh, some sort of hunted, uh, yeah. collect, hunted by collectors, maybe. And put collectors bounty. There you go. I like that. I don't know. Kind of reminds me that idea that they're out to get me. So I believe we left off with. Uh, the magnificent Fisto being chased by a desperate parent and child. Yeah. Um, man, all right, give me a second here. Um, oh, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, you're not just chased by the, the parent, but the parent has twins. And oh, no. Twins are along. And uh, the three of them are like, you know, there he goes, get him, corral him. Like, you know, uh, whatever. Alphonse, flank him on the left kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but in, in uh, I don't know, dashing for safety, you pass the entire Sergeant Sockham McFisto line of toys. Oh, I love it. Like, this store has everything. Like, this, this, like from the limited collector's edition version to the, like, mass market. Uh, you know, there's 50 of them in the rack. There's all the Sergeant Sokka McFistas you could ever hope for are there. But uh, they're just out of arm's reach. Thank you to Brian for such an awesome game and for joining me to play it. And thank you to you for listening. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. Join us on February 16th for the next part of Pick Me. Until then, 
Remember that you are strong. You are beautiful. And you are not alone. Thank you.